you know, you've been doing. Um, so, you know, everybody, I feel like there's no introduction needed. You know, I told my young ladies, I coach and they just like, coach, this is not fair. How? And I said, but one of the things you guys to take away and learn is, you know, no matter how high you go in life, the biggest thing is service and giving back. I said, so I think you guys need to learn that part from her is that no matter knowing the name, uh, that she was able to take some time out to just talk and make us better. So I just want to personally thank you for taking some time to talk with us today. And I'm going to go ahead and yield the floor to you. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, like like you said, there, there's no introduction, but a lot of people don't know that I was born in California. My dad was a Marine. My mom was a, you know, just a, a housewife. And we moved to Chicago. So I pretty much started my career there. Uh, my, my family has always been a, a religious family. Um, you know, it's just always been a part of who we were, starting from my great-great-grandmother. Um, I just remember going to church all the time, but still playing basketball. That was something that, you know, I was I was crazy about. But they didn't understand at that time why I wanted to play basketball, you know, especially doing church, you know, sneaking off with the boys. Um, just, it was just something that I loved, you know, but I was, I was thankful because I was able to do that and still go to church at the same time. Um, it wasn't, you know, obviously you take all these things that you learn from like your childhood to, you know, college and in your adult life and you use, you know, you use religion cause you need it. You know, I, I was on my, uh, I was on my own since I was pretty much like 16 years old, you know, in terms of like playing USA basketball, traveling across the country, um, just to showcase my talent. So I pretty much, you know, the summers were just me with other teammates and coaches and so the only thing that I had to turn to was the book, you know what I mean? Um, or moments where I fell down or moments where um, I kind of doubted myself or my talent or I didn't understand what was going on politically, you know, the, the book was something that I used to kind of get through it. Um, it wasn't until recently that I converted to Islam. So I am a Muslim. Um, but, you know, I think when you, when you, when you reached out to me about servant, servanthood and giving and giving back you know I just thought it was it was an important topic because everybody doesn't talk about that you know like um it, it's a it's a sensitive subject because everybody's not religion religious and you realize that you know as you're kind of going through the process of just being a pro athlete you realize that everybody don't or have haven't grew up grown up the same way that you have so you know I'm I'm thankful because like I remember um when I first got drafted and a players were like, yo, we have chapel. And I was like, chapel, really? And I was surprised because I was just like that, you know, in college we didn't we didn't have chapel like our coach Stringer. I know a lot of you guys are familiar with her, but that was just something that was a part of her program. You know, like we got our prayers in, we got our worship in on Sundays at a church um that she belonged to. And then, you know, if you wanted to belong to that church, you can join as well. But when I got to the pro level, I was just like, yo, this is crazy that they actually have chapel where you can go before a game and, and give God praise, you know, because I think I think that's important, no matter no matter what. And for me, it was a calm factor because, like, uh, people were asking me my pregame routine, and it was like, take my nap, eat food, and listen to gospel music and inspirational music because I was already an amped-up player. Like, I was already, like, 
I had a lot of energy already. And so like listening to gospel music, inspirational music was something that that helped me meditate before the games. And it put me in a calm state um, right before I would go to the arena and, and compete. So, you know, religion and spirituality just always been a part of my journey. You know, it's something that I never forget. Um, and I'll never, I'll never be without it, you know, because I know it's shaped who I am as a person, you know, and you have so much temptation coming at you, especially when you start making money, you know, it's easy to kind of like to divert to other things, but, you know, no matter if, if I had days where I felt, you know, like, dang God, like you're not listening to me, you know, I still was, I was still close by to it. You know what I mean? It wasn't like it, it ever separated out of my life so I'm just thankful that I know God and I'm thankful because my my family allowed me to 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 learn who he was at an early age and a lot and a lot of my teammates I had atheist teammates you know what I mean but I never stopped talking about who God was for me you know I never stopped showing who he was and if you believed you believe you know I think we had a nice following of, of individuals who believed in the league and you know we just made sure we knew who we were and we just stay connected, you know, through our chaplains. So that's pretty much my spiritual journey of servanthood. You know, if you have questions, I'm I'm willing to ask the questions. You know, I think that's that's more important to me. Um, to to give the floor to you guys to answer whatever question it is that you have, whether it's basketball, whether it's it's life, whether it's current events and what's going on now, and how I use religion, you know, now that I converted um to to Islam, you know. It, you know, a lot of people have questions about that. So I'm here to kind of answer whatever it is that you have now that you kind of know my background and story of how religion kind of played in my life throughout my career. Yeah. And, you know, it was thank you for that. And, you know, it was when, when you and I first um, began talking and it and it's so funny, you know, how God works um, and just how you say how religion transcends and allows people to meet like, you know, you and me. And, you know, when you told me about, you know, converting, the biggest thing that God said to me was, that's the foundation. At the end of the day, you're all my people. So why not have that conversation? And, and, and I'm so glad that, you know, you found an rivalry to still come on. So my first question to you is, as you said, that's your foundation. And, you know, growing up in the church, what was the, I guess, the defining moment for you um, in your walk, of course, you know, when we go to college and we become individuals and we learn things on our own. What was, the, and that was the biggest part of this conversation I wanted to have. What was that part, that turning point for you um, in you converting to Islam? Uh, I was in search of like, when I retired, I was pretty much in search of who I was as an individual and as a woman, because like, I feel a lot of us walk around this earth not really knowing who we are and where our families and stuff are originally from. And when I when I found out my DNA, um, I have zero trace of American blood in me. I'm Nigerian and I'm Sierra Leone, which is by way of Jamaican, Jamaica. And I was just like, I was studying my culture and I realized that 70% 70, 70 of Nigerians are, are Muslim. And so I, I really, I really just began to pray and ask, like, God, is this my native religion? Um, was this taken from me and my family? Like, just give me some kind of sign and let me know. And so I kept waking up, like, randomly at four and 
three in the morning in search of something. I didn't know what it was. I was just like, okay, why am I continuously waking up? My first thought wasn't to pray. It wasn't that. It was just sitting in at four in the morning, just wide awake, like, why am I so awake? And one of my good friends, um, you know, he's an artist or whatever. He's just like, he tweeted something about Ramadan. And I was just like, you know, talking to him about it. He was like, you should try it out. And I did a year and a half ago. And it was the most wonderful thing that I've ever experienced in my life. Um, after it was finished, I just felt brand new. And I just continued to study. Um, you know, I studied like Malcolm X and his involvement with the Nation of Islam. I also studied Orthodox Muslim Islam because I grew, when I was playing in Turkey, uh, I, I played there for like seven years, you know, I, and I, the culture was around me. You know, I would hear like mosque at five in the morning, 5.36, um, doing a call. And I, I never thought twice about it. You know, I was just like, okay, like I was familiar with the, the um, religion. And so it was just, I just felt like it was a part of who I was. And ever since I've kind of converted, you know, I just feel like, you know, getting those prayers in and reading the Quran and really understanding the, the final hour, the importance of it. You know, it, I just feel like it was just my native religion and I've changed as a person because of it. So I'm, I'm just grateful to, to have something that makes me feel um, oneness with God for sure. Thank you for that. And, that, you know, the biggest thing that what's going on right now in the world today, you know, we talked to Coach Yo, you know, yesterday, and she was just talking about how, you know, growing up, you know, she was a Catholic. Um, and then, you know, as she grew up much like you and started making decisions for herself and um, her spirituality, you know, even though a Christian um, plays a lot more the things that she does what are some of the similarities? Because as she said, there's a lot of things I still do in my practices from starting out being Catholic and now transitioning, you know, much of the same faith. What are some of the things that in your foundation and what I want to drive home in this point of why God led us to still have this conversation? What are some of the same practices, you know, as you started my parents growing up in the church and things like that? What are some consistencies from that that you still, even though you've converted, hold on to? Uh, I would just say understanding the Bible. We still read the Bible. You know, like a lot of people don't understand that the Quran is, it. it's a guide that gives us ideas about prophets that were Muslims, you know, from the very beginning, you know, that we know like Abraham and Noah and Moses, like in the Quran, it teaches us they are Muslim, they are brothers, they are Muslim brothers. They are our Muslim brothers. And they carried out the message throughout, you know, the whole time that they were living as prophets for God. And it also teaches that Jesus is a prophet as well. You know, I know that in Christianity and in Baptist churches, they teach us that God is the Messiah. But for us, we believe that he was just a prophet that God brought into this world. And those things I carry because I do believe that I do believe in the Bible. I believe every character that's in the Bible had had its rightful place and the Quran what I like about the Quran it teaches us about the final hour and what we're going to do revelation in the book of the holy bible it tells us the description of God coming you know and 
the Quran prepares us for that final hour. And I, I use both books. I don't, I don't separate the books. I, I keep both books by me because I think they're both important. You know, obviously, you know, knowing that I am from African descent, you know, it, and I don't have a trace of American blood in me, it just makes me think about like all the people that are like me and how Christianity was kind of thrown on us. You know what I mean? And I don't want anybody to feel that it's a right or wrong religion, you know, because I think we all are God's children at the end of the day. And I think that's the most important thing. And that's why I felt having this conversation even still after, you know, we exchanged and and I thought that was important because in this world and right now in this, these moments, you know, so often, you know, Coach Robert Knox is on here and he said this a couple of days ago. He said on Sunday, we are the most divided people. Um, you know, every day, you know, we have black churches and white churches and, you know, all of these different things, but how often do we sit and have conversations to show how we're unified, how we can love one another in spite of our differences, in spite of what we believe. And then you understand too, that all driving home, now, one of our listeners and, and, and coaches that's on here, he, he talked about, he said, everyone's my neighbor. Everyone's my brother and my sister. And why am I trying to find so many differences as opposed to learning to work together with them? And that being said, understanding that you, you know, start out with the, you know, the Holy Bible and start out with these things. How do these things help you in your leadership now in terms of, you know, playing ball um, throughout college under the amazing C. Vivian Stringer, playing your, your, your years and your stint in the WNBA and now everything you're doing now, how did all of those things help you with your leadership and, and not only with your team, but in life? How did, how did those things mold you as a leader? It, they kept me grounded, I would say. I think just religion in general just kept me grounded. Like like you said, I played for Coach Stringer, so that was implemented in her program. She never really threw it. You know, you had the choice. If you wanted to go, you go. But, you know, it wasn't really something that was mandatory, but she offered it. And I think a lot of us come from these backgrounds where religion and church is all that we know, you know. And I would say I wasn't afraid to talk about God. I've never been afraid to talk about God in my spiritual walk because I believe that he created this world. I believe he created every individual, every race as one. I believe that. And I know that race relation and politics divided, divided the race. But I know at the end of the day, when it's time for him to come back, it is not, it's not going to be about a color. It's not going to be about that. It's going to be about what you have done, what does your servanthood look like? What have you done to make people better? It's not going to be about anything else. And we we know that, you know, as believers, we know what the final hour is about. And so I just kind of remind myself, no matter if I'm in a place where nobody is celebrating religion, that it is a part of who I am. It's my DNA. And I can't, I can't be ashamed of it. So I step up and talk about it regardless. Like God is number one in my life. <laughs> Absolutely. And I appreciate that. And I think I was talking to a coach, you know, and after I say this, I'm going to open up to questions and comments from, you know, all of the other coaches on the line. Um, but I was talking to one of my, my friends and a coach that's on the line now right before, and we just kind of, you know, we always reflect on, 
you know, the days prior to the ones leading up. And one of the things that he said, he said, you know, it's so funny. I, I grew up in a church, right? And everything was one way. It's you got to be dressed this way. You got to do it this way. You know, you're going to pray. And when you pray, you're going to pray on your knees. And you're going to, and he said, and a lot of times I feel that those that A, was not introduced to the church, B, those that may not know God or never heard about him, they fear knowing him or they get a little nervous about knowing him because we've, as people say, you know, we made church this whole big picture. And as Coach Joe, she said it best yesterday, she said, you know, I, I like to be swagged out for, for God. I like people to see that God is, you know, you know, fun and, and interesting and we can praise God in a way that doesn't have to be so mundane and in a box. And he was like, "That this has helped me in these times to see all these coaches and these athletes to recognize and they make knowing God something that I feel I can connect with now. And so it makes me so happy to hear you say that because you do, you have these young, young men and women that watch you ball out. You know, you have my players that I'm like, for real, coach, how do you get to talk to her that watch that? And then the biggest thing, when you just sit here and say, God is one in my life, you draw so many other people to knowing who he is. Or as you say, I'm not afraid to say that God is number one in my life. It makes them not have to be nervous about, you know, not necessarily yell it from the rooftops, but being able to say I'm a believer. So I just want to personally thank you for that because it helps out more than you probably would even imagine that you believe that. Yeah, you know, because, like, I think when you decide to follow um, God, it's a it's a slow process because everybody doesn't get it. Everybody's not the same, and I get that. And so sometimes it could feel that, you know, and to anybody's listening and that's on the same journey, it could feel like nobody's listening or we're not making a difference. But you just gave us confirmation that people are listening and people are are following. So. I just encourage you to just continue to spread the word, you know, because we, everything is unknown. We don't know how long we have on this universe, you know, but we do know that we can control the narrative while we're here. And that's to help people understand who God is, you know, like, yeah, God is cool. If we're cool, of course, God is 10 times cooler. You know what I mean? Like, I know I'm cool and I'm different and I'm unique and I'm rare, I'm one of one, and I understand that. So that means if, if I'm that spec, that means God is unbelievable. And I can't wait to meet him because, um, you know, I, you know I, everything that I've accomplished in my life, I know for a fact is because of him. And even when I retired and I, I fell down and I suffered from PTSD and not knowing, like, what my next move was going to be or how I was going to do, do something, God was right there talking to me the most. So I know without a, without a doubt, without question that, that he is real. And uh, I'm, I'm very thankful for this, this moment as well to talk about, you know, all of these, these cool things about, about God. I think that's huge that you said that. Um, and it's the truth. It, it, yes, I know I'm dope, right? <laughs> so if the person who created me, if I'm dope, I know, like you said, he has to be, I love that. Um, real quick, before I open it up to those on the call, um, there's a young brother. He actually is the, one of the first people who I communicated with, you know, almost three and a half months ago when we started this thing. And 
He said, no, Chelsea, I know we're texting notes back and forth amongst each other, but we need to be together. And his name is Ty Garth. He's the assistant coach um, at Fisk, and he loves you. He is, like, kicking himself because he's on another meeting right now. But he asked me to ask this question for you. He said, you know, since you converted and understanding that you, you know, believe teachings from both and that guides you, he said, have you ever had friends or family question your decision? Um, and then the second question is, will you ever go into coaching now that you're finished playing? Uh, I definitely wouldn't go into coaching. <laughs> it's not something that I'm truly passionate about. I think I like the one-on-one -on -one training aspect of things, like, or doing clinics and stuff like that to give back to the youth. But I just don't know. I think I still have other things that I need to fulfill. And it would be very selfish of me if I can't fully give my time and attention to, to the girls or the guys. So, no, it's not something I'm passionate about. But I respect coaches. I think they're necessary and we need them. Um, but yeah, of course, like I've had a lot of people doubt my, my, my stance. And when I converted to Islam, they didn't really understand, um, why now, you know, at, at my age, why all of a sudden I'm changing my religion, you know, it's not, it's not about that. You know, at the end of the day, we're still praying to the most high, you know, a lot of people just have this misguided information because they hear about the nation of Islam and, and and Muhammad teachings about not liking white people and how they're, they're how they're the devil. But I'm 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 more of an orthodox. You know, I think I believe in all religions, all races, not just black or white. You know, I think that we all have a place. You know, and we can't judge. We can't judge. That's not our place. And and. Um, so I just, you know, me, I just try to clear it up for people and help them understand that the Quran is no different than the Bible and the Bible is no different than the Quran, you know? Um, and, and, and that's how I continue to grow. You know what I mean? Like I can't sit here and allow people to kind of dictate how I'm supposed to praise God, you know, it, that's crazy. But you know, the world is like that, that it's judgmental, you know? Um, but I, I just encourage everybody to study just do some studying about the religion before you, you know, you judge it. And that's what I would say. I appreciate that. Um, Coach Kevin, do you want to ask your question that's in the box? Or did you? you know, we're kind of open here. So if you want to. Hi, Coach. Um, so my question, I've been thinking a lot about what's going on. Well, my name's Kevin Wigan. I've given a lot of thought to prayer. And my thought is, you know, I've, I've always believed, you know, particularly being a teacher, that if there was a way to implement it in schools, it would be very, very helpful. And I almost feel now more with everything, even, you know, more so. I heard a, a, somebody say something a couple of weeks ago that really stuck with me about how they feel in the world, like we're being polarized by the devil and he's dividing us. I was wondering what your thoughts are on prayer. Do you feel like that? should be more implemented in the school, in schools now more than ever? Or is there a way that we could even implement that without, I guess, crossing the line, so to speak? Um, I, I, I do believe prayer is important. I think it's probably the number one essential um, when you are following the spiritual guidance. Um, you know, it's important because you have days where you become really weak and you can tell it's because you're lacking prayer. And I think it's kind of hard in the society that we live in to 
to push religion on people. I don't think that's our job or our duty. I think our job or our duty as followers is to talk about it. I think that's important to conversation and those who want to hear, um, they'll follow. There's no question about that. You will, you will penetrate their heart, you know, but to put it, I went to a, I grew up in a, in a private institution pretty much my whole career. I mean, my whole, you know, adolescent years. Um, I went to a public school in high school. That was my first time ever being in a public institution and you can see the difference but then there's also not many differences too, no matter what school you go to. So I just think, I think it's just important to have a conversation. We can't force religion on people. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Should we put it in schools? There, there are, there are in schools, you know, in, in some schools there is prayer rituals, you know what I mean? But, you know, overall, I think it's just the conversation. We just got to continue to have the conversation. We can't, we can't we can't force it on people. You know what I mean? We can't do that. And I and I feel your I feel your passion. You know, I wish I could do something about it to change it in it because I know there's a lot going on during these times and, and the and the youth really need the guidance right now. You know, we can see it. But I think having these conversations that we're having and building um building this brand of talking about religion and how it plays in sports, I think that's where it, that, that is a beginning. It's a start, you know, because there's not a lot of platforms like these. Well, thank, thanks for your time today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. I think uh, Coach Bond had a... Yeah. Yeah, uh, thanks, Ms. Chelsea. Miss um, Cappy, uh, thank you for being on here with us. You, you are tremendous. Um, definitely tuned in and love the things you did as a player. And it seems like you're an even better person, which is a testament to you. Um, first, I want to just thank you for reaffirming. I'm a mental health guy. Um, I always want to work with athletes for mental health. And you just saying that you had to go through your own traumas and things like that reaffirms the groups that I do with the players that I come across with on the football team um, that I coach at. It's just, it's just great. So thank you for that. My question um, for you, is, it's kind of twofold, and I won't be long-winded, but um, it's first off, being at a, the private school that I'm at, we are allowed to, you know, talk religion and, and do those things with the players, and we have it in our fall camp schedule to go to church together. Um, it's, you know, that's an acceptable. Um, but the second part of it is, you know, we have a couple athletes who are, you know, Islam. Uh, you know, Islamic and, and they feel excluded. So they don't participate uh, because of the church we're going to, or you have a couple athletes who are not, you know, traditionally comfortable with going to the churches that we go to. Um, mm -hmm. So I was just wondering, how do you think we should go the best way about, you know, picking those churches that we go to so that it includes everybody and we're not excluding some, some members of the team? Wow. That's a great question. Um, and I can see how the players can feel separated you know, in terms of, like, understanding, because everybody grows up differently. Um, well, so we have to respect that first and foremost, you know. But I think I think maybe you guys should just do it yourselves, you know, instead of, like, going to an actual church. Like, like we're all on this Zoom meeting, but we're just talking religion, you know. I think, I think you guys can do something like that, whereas allowing everybody to, without 
feeling some kind of way expressed their concerns, their thoughts, and their passions about God. You know, just have an open format where you guys are leading, the coaches are leading, and you're allowing the guys to kind of talk about religion, just open-handedly, freely. And I guarantee a lot of people will learn a lot of things because um, a lot of people don't know about Islam. A lot of people don't know about Catholic. A lot of people don't know about Baptists or Christianity. A lot of people don't know certain things. So I think just having an open dialogue about God is the most important thing. No matter, you don't need a, a structure, a religious structure to attend to, to, to feel close to God. A conversation in itself is important. And I think if, you, if the coaches lead them and allow them to express how they feel, I think, I think you guys will be fine. You have your own church. And I think that's the most important thing, you know, because if, if you go back, back in the days, um, and, and I'm not trying to make this a black or white thing, but, you know, during slavery, our people, they had churches on their own. They sung songs of freedom by themselves. You know, you don't need a structure to do that. And I think if you just bring everybody together, I think you guys can come up with something special. Okay, so you do think, like, one of the things I do is I, I start in my position group. Football team is big, so I start with my defensive backs. And I invite, because I go to a different church than what we go to together. You know, like mm -hmm. you said, I, I go to church. So I start with them. And then, you know, it's nine or ten of them that feel comfortable. And if it's other people from different position groups that want to come, and they are like, you know, they say, hey, we want to come too. So then they come. But if it's another coach that goes to a different church and some other players feel comfortable with that, then they can go to that. Is that kind of what you're alluding to? No, I was saying that you guys can kind of start it up yourself. You don't have to go to a church, you know. I'm saying, like, put all the guys in one room, just like if you were going over plays or going through the playbook. You know, you guys can have an open format where you just can talk about religion like we are right now. You know, like a lot of the people on this call are probably Christians. You know, I'm not a Christian. I'm a Muslim. I don't know how many Muslims are joined in with us, um, but I feel that we're, we're still able to communicate because we're still talking about the most high. And, and it's, there's only one person that's God. He just have different forms of names. You know, whether he's Allah, Jehovah, um, the Messiah, it doesn't matter. We, we know who that is. It's just one person. Um, and I think that's just, that conversation is the most important conversation, no matter what, what your religion or origin is. And I think that that was the point, uh, Kathy and I both wanted to drive home in this as coaches, how often, especially those on a collegiate level, are you getting athletes from different walks of life? And how are you going to better serve your athlete if you don't understand your athlete? And, you know, that was the biggest thing to drive home is, why can't we have the conversation? When will we have the conversation? Um, and if we're saying, you know, we go to professional development and X's and O's, and we try to do better and learn better with our respective sports for our upcoming seasons, how are we going to be able to make sure that, as you said, Coach Bond, we're respecting those athletes, if they have certain, you know, religious holidays that are coming up or some practices that we're utilizing offend them or not? How do we include them or not? So, you know, I appreciate that question um, and everything that you have uh, going on. Um, I'm trying to also look here on the stream. Um, coach Gardner said, as a coach, I tell my kids 
of different faith religion um, is built on your walk. I tell my players, I won't disrespect your beliefs. Um, we're all going to just focus on God. So he basically saying exactly what you're saying. There's God is God. You know, now how you view it, we can all watch a, mute, a movie and get 20 different, you know, ideas or beliefs on what the movie actually, the moral was, but God is God. Um, so thank you for that, Coach Gardner. And, and thank you, Coach Bond and Kathy for that. And then I'll open it up for um, anybody else that has any questions or comments. Hey, Cappy, this is Coach Kern. How are you? I'm good. How are you, sweetie? I'm blessed. Thank you. Um, first and foremost, again, thank you. Thank you. Um, I think everybody on here by now knows I'm a firm believer of living, being your organic self. Um, and I truly believe we were all put on this earth to be exactly who you are and doing exactly what you're doing right now. Um, I just took a couple notes. Um, and I, I think the amazing part about this conversation is dealing with young people every day. And we say young people, but 21, 22, whatever the case may be. I mean, I've got 30 year olds that and I don't feel that old, but that I'm still mentoring, you know what I mean? And at the end of the day, it's a power bigger than you. I think our, our, our younger generation is completely missing that. Um, that it's not I, 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 me, me, me. It's something that's much bigger than you. And there's this unforeseen force that when you have those moments that you know something is pulling and leading you and it's not you doing it. And so I think that's, it, that's so important that that's something you brought up because that's the commonality with young people. And, and church and religion is scary for young people. I, I didn't have my full walk with Christ, you know, until I went to an FCA meeting in, in college and all of a sudden I started being pulled to the altar in a way that I didn't want to be pulled, but I knew I had to go. And so um, I think if we can meet our young people where they are um, in their walks with religion and, and, and how they feel about Christ and what Christ can mean to them in their individual walks, I think that's so, so important. Um, but something that you did say um, and we keep talking about it, Coach Yo, like, listen, we cannot not address her swag factor, people. Like, I hear everybody saying, and I'm all for it, but my God, <laughs> I consistently would wait to see what the hair, outfit, and kicks was for the day. <laughs> but let me put that out there, because I don't know if anybody else going to touch it, but I want to touch it. And so I, I appreciate that, because, you know, <laughs> people on here that know me, that's my coat of armor. What I put on my feet, what I got on my head on that day, that's my coat of armor, but it also brings young people to you in a ministry that you really don't think that they see you, but they see you. And if that's the way that I can get you to understand, a little black girl like me can do it, you can do it, but this is who really is the head of my life. It brings it all full circle. And I think everybody has a different calling on their life when it comes to that, but I love the fact that you're cool. I love the fact that you've always been organically you. And I know for a fact that there was somebody, especially a younger person, not just the people on this call, that was touched by what exactly it is that you said. And then lastly, that you were so vulnerable to talk about your PTSD walk. That's major. That's major. Because there's so many of us that in some capacity have experienced a form of trauma and had to maneuver, manipulate, and get back to their true selves to be a blessing to someone else. So, sis, I appreciate you. Um, this was great. Thank you. Oh, uh, thank you so much. And to kind of add to what you said in the beginning about the, the children, no matter, they, they just live in a time where they don't fear anything. You know what I mean? And we should all fear God. He He tells us this. This is something that we should have um, and know that it's important that we must fear him because he is our number one source for every single thing, no matter 
if we feel that he isn't, he really is. Um, and I think it's important that we, we do drive home. And they, they do need somebody that they can feel connected to because if they don't feel connected, they're not going to trust. And I think I, I just think that's important. So, yeah, keep, keep rocking on, sister. I feel your energy. I feel your energy. <laughs> as soon as anybody talks to Coach Jessica Kern, that's the first thing you're going to feel is the energy. That just comes with what I'm saying. But I want you speaking to her. Uh, I want you to look at her shirt. Because that young man I was telling you about, his name is Ty Garth, and he's doing uh, these shirts. And so what he just sent in a message, he said, if you can DM me your address and size, he wants to send you one of these shirts. It says, eight minutes and 46 seconds, we kneel for excellence. And wow. he wants to gift uh, his favorite player uh, with that. And that's from Ty Garth of Fisk University. So when we get yeah, tell, tell him to DM me, and I'll, I'll respond to him. Hey, Ty, you, he, he hears you. He's just, he's <laughs> okay. on the street. Ty, you hear her. She said, DM her, size and everything. She, she has you. So he's, I'm sure he's about to like go crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have anybody else? Yeah, I'd like to jump in there. Uh, thing, I, I got in a little bit late, so I didn't get to hear from the beginning, but uh, what I did catch, you know, I can definitely tell you're blessed. Um, I really like the fact that you uh, brought up um, that you're Muslim, but that it brings into um, the conversation being non-denominational, but that you recognize that there's one supreme being and that, you know, not just going to church, but essentially bringing church to where you are, you know, where we're one or two, we're two gathered, so am I, you know, and, and it's really important that we not focus on, you know, I was raised in the Baptist church, in the tradition, but, you know, and, and through my walk, I've, you know, come to know that God is, period, you know, and he will reveal himself to whoever he needs to reveal himself to, how they need to see him. So if, if we can see him one way and someone else can see him another way, it doesn't mean that we're divided. It just means that we see him, how he needs to connect to us. And I think it's very important, you know, as uh, spirit leaders to show that and, and to model that. So thank you very much for bringing that conversation in. Thank you. I agree with you, sister. Absolutely. Keep shining the light. I can see it. Appreciate it. Thank you. Go ahead, Coach G. I think I saw you trying to come off. Were you trying to come off? I don't want to overtalk you. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My bad. Cap, what's going on? Hey. Uh, as always, appreciate you taking the time out with us. Um, side note, it's crazy from a day-to-day, week-to-week basis who you run into, who you might see on stuff like this. You know, one minute it's this coach, one minute it's this player. So it's like, yo, it's Cappy Poindexter. That's what's up. But um, piggyback into Bond and, and your answer with his question. Uh, let me go back to what I said because I just threw something in the comments so I won't forget it. Uh, maybe a solution, like, cause I was kind of like you, I went to private school actually all the way through high, all the way to 12th grade. And then I went to like a public college or whatever. So it was different for me cause I was at 
I guess the equivalent of HBCU all the way through, you know, elementary through high school and then college, I'm at a you know, PWI or whatever. And it's like, this is all right because I got a chance to deal with multiple races, ethnic backgrounds, whatever, white, black, Indian. And that was cool because you got to know how to deal with everybody. Um, my thought with Bond's situation, I feel that because I was at a private school, then I also went back to coach at that school before I ended up going to a public school to coach. So I always kept that with me because I was a, I've always been a Christian myself and I believe in like praying before the games and stuff like that. Cause you know, I don't want nobody getting hurt. I want them to protect us. I want them to keep us strong, keep us, keep us motivated and everything like that. But I would say maybe if they don't limit what church you can go to, maybe if you go on a Sunday, technically you're not in school time. So maybe look at visiting your players' churches who are Muslim or whatnot. Because even if you don't necessarily agree with it or it's a different way of seeing things, it's like, yo, we all on the team, we in this together. So it's a it's night and day going to a Baptist church and a Catholic church half of the time. But I'm gonna still go and support you because that's how we rock. So let's go to the Muslim church this Sunday and we may not do it the same way, but just know that I'm here for you, I got you. And then maybe you can come see how I do things. We see how you do things. So people, I guess, got that inclusion, that 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 to get that that true togetherness, cause we gotta have each other back on the field or the court or whatever. I wanna know like when we step off the floor, we still together. But just my thought. But again, appreciate everything. Oh no, I think you know, I think it's just the kids are already like, you know, when they're in college, they're still maturing you know, and growing. So obviously the mind is not all the way developed. So they can easily be influenced, you know, um, in a positive light. And I think we can't, we can't, one thing about it, we can't just force things on them. I think, I think it's important, like you said, to maybe try out different scenarios to encourage um, the togetherness when it, in terms of religion, you know, like I can say like, to a, to a teammate, well, I, I belong to a mosque, so I'm going to the mosque to pray. Would you like to come? Would you like to try it out? Would you like to see? You know, that that would be my conversation. You know, it wouldn't be like, nah, you need to come to, to the mosque with me because this is the only way to pray. Like, that wouldn't be my conversation, and it shouldn't be the way that we communicate um, when it comes to religion. I think it just should be an open, open honest conversation, which allows people the freedom to move through and see where their spirit moves. And I think it's important that we kind of, we don't push things on the, on the youth, you know, allow them to kind of make the decisions for themselves because religion is a very touchy subject, especially here in America. Yes, I'm back and I was just saying, I was agreeing with you though. It's, it's just find ways to connect and, and 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 move. I think that's a great way to connect with your t your team as a coach. I think that's great because it it will encourage like others to start doing it too, you know. And I think that's that's what you want ultimately, right? As a coach, you know, you want everybody on the same page.
Yeah. Hey, Cappy. Um, I have a funny story. Not really funny, but we crossed paths back in 2000, maybe 14, 15 in Australia. Uh, oh, really? Playing out there, and I, I played against you. So what? that was by far my favorite game of all time, just because I was such a fan. Um, so I was like, yeah, I was pumped up before the game just because I was getting ready to play you and um, who was Taylor. Yeah, Penny, yeah. yep. <laughs> so two favorite players, and I was so amped up. But when I stepped on that court, all that went away because obviously it's competition time. So I enjoyed that game. <laughs> by far my favorite. Um, but I definitely just want to touch based on everyone is saying it, your vulnerability about, you know, expressing your PTSD. Um, yeah. And that when you open up like that, it people are watching, people are listening. So it gives everyone else courage to, you know, be vulnerable with themselves, with others around them to express what they're going through. Like Coach Kern said, we're all going through something. And when we hear it, we get more comfortable. We get more comfortable talking about it, expressing ourselves about it and sharing it with everyone else. And that's what I kind of take into my coaching career. Um, I've gone through my own trials and tribulations and I, I open up that floor to our young women to talk about things. Um, and I share my stories with them just so they can feel connected and understand, like, even though she's my coach, she has gone through maybe some of the things that I've gone through because I played professionally. I played at, at a high um, career in college um, and I was being recruited and gone through some stuff um, that they may be experiencing. So I definitely appreciate you sharing that um, just because it, it's just, you know, we all have our testimonies and stories and it means a lot to someone out there and to touch someone. So thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, I want to talk about that because a lot of people don't understand when you commit to doing something all your life, no matter what profession it is, and then all of a sudden it's not there anymore. No matter how much money you have, no matter what your status is, no matter what your color is, you still feel empty because you've committed to doing something um, all your life. And then it's just like, hey, what do I do now? No matter how much you prepare for it doing something um out post-career you still have that, that that emptiness i felt empty for a whole year and a half and i i had things that you know i was doing daily day to day but it was just the emptiness of not bouncing a basketball or not going to the weight room or not being around my teammates and i want i want people to understand that it happens to all of us we all go through it whether we talk about it or not it happens. We feel some kind of feeling. And for me, I was, I felt lonely. I felt, I felt really empty. Um, I felt like I lost everything, honestly. But, you know, like I said, like, there is a God. <laughs> you know, when I was going through this time, he revealed himself to me the most. And, and it just encouraged me to continue to go um, and fight for everything that I believed in. Um, and mental health is an important um, it's an important subject that we need to have from high school to college to, to the pro level because it's a lot of pressure to be successful. And we all feel that, you know, um, whatever step or path it is that we want to take in life, we feel those pressures. And I think, I think every program should have it. That it's, it's, it's in, the most important thing is mental health because you never know what a person is going through, whether they're playing or not, they're not playing. And I think we're starting to see it more and more, you know, it's affecting a lot of these players, you know, and it is something I talk about because I believe in mental health. 
Oh, you, Dr. Mark. <laughs> you got to unmute yourself, bro. There we go. Hey, Cappy. Hey, I see those LSU colors. I, li I like those colors. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> so you, you don't remember me. You may not, but Charday Wiley Gatewood, that sound familiar? Yes, it does. From okay. L.A., right? Yes. And so when you were in high school, when you were getting ready to go to high school, you came to the Reebok High School All-American Camp. Mm -hmm. And I was the head of marketing for Reebok. So I met you when you were in eighth grade, ninth grade, and Charday was there. And so I met you way back then in 2000 when you were going to high school. So I've been wow. a career with Coach Springer. She's one of my dear friends. I've been a big fan of WBCA for years. So I just, I, when I saw this, I, I'm getting ready to, to do some work. And uh, Coach Johnson, uh, I just happened to look down on my Facebook, and I saw Cappy Poindexter. I'm like, oh, my God. I got to go in there and say something to the sister. I'm, like, uh, I'm just so happy and so proud of you and all the things that you've done in your career. Thank you very much. It means a lot. Yeah, Reebok was that, – that was a special camp for me because it was a lot of incredible uh, athletes um, there. And it was, it was, a, it was a different because I was like, no, nah, I'm, I'm Nike. You know, like in my mind, I'm like, I'm a Nike athlete, so I don't know if I want to go to Reebok, but it was definitely one of the best experiences. So thank you for that reminder because I forget about these things, you know. And that, was tw that was like, tw that was like 20 years ago. How you going to remember that? I mean. I, my brother, like I've been through so much. Like I've, I've been all over the world and met so many people. It's just like. Yeah. I don't expect you to remember that. That that was so long. You were in high school. You were barely going to high school. I mean, the fact that I, I remember you because I I mean I was at my first camp at Reebok. My very first my very first assignment at Reebok was to come and manage the Reebok All American camp. And I see this great eighth grader, ninth grader at the time. Charday was in eighth grade. You was in ninth grade, and y'all playing with seniors, and you were dominating. Wow. So I saw that up close. So I just want to say thank you. God bless you, sister. Thank you, you too, sir. So I'm gonna be like at the cookout. You know, you, you somebody come to the cookout and eat. And they gotta leave. That's me. I gotta. I just wanna uh, pick this up and and what's up to Coach Johnson and everybody. I, I'm so sorry, but I'm. Do you know what, Mark? Me. If we call you black, you be mad. <laughs> real blackish. Black, <laughs> All right, guys. <laughs> Do we have anybody else? I don't want to miss anybody. For a couple of uh, comments from the stream, uh, he had uh, our brother, Coach Knox, he was on earlier and had to get off. He said um, he just wanted to thank you so much for sharing today. It was definitely a blessing. And then Coach uh, Don Gardner, he said, Cappy, as a coach, I love your successes um, and your openness. As a star athlete, people expect you to be just as great on the floor and not consider your feelings off the floor. Just continue um, to seek God and inspire your uh, inspired the way he's inspired the way that uh, God is using you. So bless you. Thank you. <laughs> and um, if we don't have anybody else, I just, you know, I just want to take the time to thank you. Like I said, I mean, as a uh, ball player myself, I was a point guard. I, I followed you and watched you for a while. I utilized um, the type of player that you are and leader that you are uh, with my young ladies. Uh, they definitely know who you are. Um, and I'm just thankful for you being, you know, available with everything going on and your openness, your vulnerability, and transparency, and your energy, much like you said uh, to many of the coaches on here when they spoke to you, your energy is much of the same. Um, in this time where people are highlighting differences, 
you know, I was just thankful to be able to still communicate with you, get you on here and just show how at the end of the day, as coaches, as athletes, these conversations are necessary. Um, and I'm just thankful for you to be on. I'm thankful for you to just share your time, um, even in the vulnerability of your PTSD, because like you said, everybody goes to things they may not speak about it. Um, and shoot, after this whole pandemic and everything <laughs> we're paying attention to in this pandemic, we all have some trauma, rather we, you know, whether we're going to address it or not, it is. So I just thank you so much for you know, being on this platform and saying that, and I'm gonna give you a chance to maybe say anything closing you want to say um, before, yeah. you know, log off. Thank you everybody for joining. So I'm going to say a quick prayer to whatever's on my heart to kind of encourage you guys. Um, Lord, we thank you for waking us up this morning. We all know it's early. I'm on the West coast. I don't get up this early, but I'm grateful God that you allowed me to be in the presence of all these amazing coaches uh, with their stories. And Lord, we know that, it's not in vain, God. We're, we're penetrating hearts, and we know that we're going to make a difference in these kids' lives and in our family lives. So thank you for allowing us to, to lead, to be a blessing, God. And I, I, I ask that you will continue to grow this platform, that it's a platform that's bigger than what anybody imagined, God, because it's so necessary right now. Um, whether we want to talk about it or not, there are things that we're hurting from, God, and I know that you feel us and you you know what it is that, that we need to move forward, God. And I'm asking that you'll just continue to bless us and be a light in this time of darkness, God. We love you. We are thankful for you, God. Amen. Amen. Cappy says, thank you so much. Welcome, you. family. If we can do anything for you, don't hesitate. So just thank you so much for being here. All you coaches, thank you so much. And y'all have a safe weekend. We'll see you again on Tuesday. All right. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.